Welcome to the Houseman Financial Podcast. I'm Trudy Houseman. This podcast was created to help our clients and their families answer confusing money questions simply. We know smart families talk about money. And today I have the pleasure of sitting down with my friend, fellow advisor, John Dunphy. So John, you've been here close to 30 years now. Yeah, 28. I can't believe it. It's going by fast. It has gone by fast. We were so young. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah. We were so young. Um, and now you manage over $200 million. So that's a, a pretty enormous accomplishment. It's going to come a long way. Good. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a great journey. Uh, looking back over a career, it's you learn a lot, you grow a lot, you mature a lot, and it's great. I, I really enjoy it. It's been a great experience. I'm glad to hear it. I re- remember the day that, uh, that you came to my office um, like it was yesterday. Um, I don't know if... Uh, if any of our clients know this, but I used to um, speak at Cal State Fullerton. They had a financial planning program, and I would be a guest speaker over there once a semester. And uh, I think John, did you hear me speak? And to the to yeah, the so uh, it was the second to last semester in college was my final year, and it was I think November time. And you came in with a couple other business professionals to talk about financial planning, different areas that people can pursue a career in that either personal financial planning or working for investment firms and so forth. And so after that class, I approached you, we got to talking and um, asked if there was any availability for an internship at that time. Mm-hmm. And you told me, yes, why don't you come on by? And then I uh, pursued following up with you and uh <laughs> The door was closed a little bit here and there. So why don't don't you fill in that that story? I I, I have to say, John, I think, left me three or four voicemails. And I was so busy, I never returned the phone calls. And finally, one day, he showed up in in my office uh, in person and literally said, you're too busy to return phone calls. You obviously need some help. And I said, absolutely. Sit down, here's some papers. If you could just alphabetize these and get these in order, I would appreciate it so much. And and he's been here ever since. Yeah, it was funny. I mean, you know, at going as a student going through, you're studying financial planning, investments, and so forth. And it was a little humbling at first knowing that my first opportunity was to alphabetize. And so <laughs> there were some other funny stories I could fill in also along the way. But it was... Uh, like I said, it was humbling, and I thought it wasn't what I envisioned initially, but I soon realized how busy Trudy was, and quickly it moved from alphabetizing to many other things and moved forward from there. Yeah, you were, you were licensed within months of graduating from college and, uh, and out there working with clients yeah. really quickly. Yeah, so probably about four months after I was, had my degree, I was licensed and worked with Trudy for a period of time going through that and then ultimately had the opportunity to uh, do a retirement seminar with AT&T retirees at the, I think it was a Sherman Oaks Radisson. I don't think it's a Radisson anymore. (laughs) And I stood in front of 80 people who were all contemplating retirement. The irony is, is I'm there to talk to them about their life savings. And here I am maybe six months post-grad and watching my bank account closely as I'm trying to make ends meet. And, yep. and from there, you know, it, it, it's 
been a great experience. In fact, there I still have clients today that sat in across from me in that room. So, in, in that room back yeah. in back in '94. And we we laugh. That was I think that was probably that was a little after October '95. But those clients, I'm thinking one in particular, her and I, we laugh about that today. So it's been a great journey. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and, and one of the, I remember uh, when you were a little nervous about talking to people who were so much more senior, um, I remember having this conversation saying, you know, John, the most important thing is that you are going to really, you know, in your heart, you're going to do the very best for these clients. You really care about them. You care about their future. And if they don't end up taking your advice, they might take the advice of, of someone who, who doesn't care, frankly. Um, and we had experience. We'd met a few people in the industry who were, we could call them charlatans, but but were unethical. And um, I think that was a big motivator. I think that gave you a lot of confidence. Yeah, and, and some of the things that were interest is, you know, everybody wants to retire, you know, but there are certain periods where somebody is anxious to retire, and you have to do the math, do the hard work, and look at it, and realize they're not there yet. And right. you have to have the courage to say, I don't think you ought to do it, even if they want it. Yeah. And from that, you know, they understand that you're giving them the honest advice. And ultimately, you know, that helps down the road for them. You've got um, somebody that you could work with somewhere down the road as a future client. And I think that's one thing that kind of I have a great sense of pride in is being able to tell somebody today is not the time, but eventually we'll get you there. Yeah. So, so given that, what would you say is um, is the thing that sets people up? Um, the best for financial success? I think there's a handful of different things. Obviously, you know, living within your means and trying to, which is a few different things. You've got to set aside money and save for retirement. It helps, you know, to minimize your debt as much as possible, uh, particularly consumer debt. Housing debt in California does get a little more problematic because it costs so much, but to make sure it's structured properly, they've got the right interest rate on their home, it's properly financed. And then, you know, working toward retirement, it's, I think it's just a function of what is their current income based on their assets and, and that they have, that they've saved for either through their company pension plans, their 401ks, social security, and a combination of all of those. How close can they get to their current net income? Yeah. I also like to take more of a conservative approach. Most people, and I think I learned this from you, a lot of people come in with a budget and say, well, this is what I spend my cable bill. This is what I do here and that. When in reality, I think it's much more simple. It's a matter of, are they living within their meets based on their net take-home pay? Right. And if they are and... You know, you use that as a target as to the type of income that they need, unless there's some life changing events that might take place. Right. As right. a transition into retirement. I, I think you're right. I've seen a lot of very careful budgets um, that don't include anything like pet care or haircuts. And you know, if, if that's your budget, then where does all the rest of your money go every month, honestly? Right. Um, so I, I, you know, I have to agree that that makes a lot of sense. So I, I just find the more simple you can make the, the calculations the greater the probability is that retirement, it is the right time for them. Right. And you're making the right kinds of decisions right. um, for the right kinds of folks. Um, so you mentioned this gal that you laughed with from one of those early meetings. Yeah. Is there a, a particular success story that really stands out in your mind? Somebody who 
who really maybe had a transformative experience in terms of turning around their their financial situation or? You know, um, I can think of a couple of clients where they did have some consumer debt or loss of a spouse and you know, I had to give them some of the advice that was uncomfortable to give, but honestly they needed it. And they took the advice and kind of buttoned things down, made a few lifestyle changes, made some sacrifices. And as a few years went by, they saw the benefits of that. And today they're, they're in a very good position financially. I think probably the other areas of success is I look at the clients that take the free time that they've earned in retirement and they leverage that with, you know, just life experiences, just getting out, going for a walk. It doesn't have to be exotic travel or anything, but just going and doing something. And so it doesn't have to be expensive. You know, some people are in a position where they can't afford to go travel and do certain things like that, but at least just get out, whether it's golfing or walking or hiking. And I think that's important. I, I see them being the happiest because they're pursuing something that they're passionate about mm -hmm. in right. retirement and probably taking the time to do something that they couldn't do when they were working. Yeah. And I like seeing that. Yeah. You know, every now and then I will, um, I'll have a client and, um, uh, you know, you, you spend years working with people to help them save, uh, for kids college and then for their retirement. And, you know, we set these goals and we say we've got a plan to get from point A to point B. And then sometimes you get to point B and you're like, OK, the kids are grown. Retirement's working. Now what? We, we, met, our, we met our goal. Um, what's the next plan? You know, where are we going to go from here? It's really kind of liberating to say here we spent the last 20 years trying to get to this place. And and guess what? It worked. We're here. Um you know, what's your next goal? Is it a vacation home? Is it to leave money to charity? Is it, you know, to do something philanthropic? What, yeah, what, no, what's next? And so, sometimes you find clients that were happy to leave their job. Once they left, they missed the workforce. And then they have the opportunity to go back and either do what they did if they really were passionate about it or pursue some other stuff. And yeah. so, you know, I'm thinking of one of my clients and when he left uh, his employer, he went to work for one of the rental car agencies, relocating cars from airport to airport. And I, I thought it was such a unique job because he didn't have to commit to showing up to work. If he wanted to work, he had to show up on, I think, a Tuesday or Thursday at either eight in the morning or 10 in the morning if he wanted to work that day. And then he'd go shuttle cars and then take off. And so if him and his wife wanted to travel for three weeks. He didn't have to report in, but I just thought it was really unique where he found a little niche and it worked out great for him. So there's, it's kind of funny to hear those stories. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I have people who had worked in technical jobs and are thrilled now that they can be the receptionist at a photography shop or something. Cause they just love talking to people and they love being, you know, having that social interaction right. um, or they volunteer at their grandkids school reading, you know, during reading hour and things like that. I think there's a, a lot of ways that folks give back when they, when they finally reach that um, financial independence. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, is there a common mistake that you think people make over their money? One thing in particular or, or not? Is it more general? So um, 
I mean, you see some similarities in things. Um, I think expectations are probably very important to focus on. I spent a lot of time talking to clients regarding setting rational expectations. And I think it's important to do that because we don't know what the future is. We can reflect looking backwards and we have a pretty good idea, but still there are some unknown variables in front of us. So we have to leave some margin for error in that. And so I think being patient with what happens in retirement financially, you know, these markets do have their ups and downs. And as long as they kind of understand we've got money allocated in different ways, money for short-term needs, intermediate and long-term needs. But mostly I think the expectations is the most important thing to, to try to manage. In order to stay the course. Yeah. Makes a yeah. lot of sense. Yeah. Well, it has been fabulous talking with you this morning, John, um, as always. And I want to thank you for, um, for all your insights. And it's always fun kind of reminiscing. Yeah, it's great. I, uh, I look back at some of the pictures of myself when I was uh, 25, 26 <laughs> years old here. And I look at my pictures today and I think, what happened? You know, <laughs> so, but it's been a good ride. It, it, it has been a good ride. All right, Trudy, you've asked me some questions. Now it's time for me to start asking some questions. And these are going to be, first one's going to be a hypothetical question. Okie doke. Hypothetically, mm -hmm. if you had to go back into your early 20s, you could not be a financial advisor or anything in the world of finance, and you had to choose a career. And finances, it meant nothing. What, what would that career that makes you passionate, what would that be? Oh, wow. I'll, you know, I... It's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. I, I think I, I would have liked to have been a spy. Really? Yes. Yeah. I actually thought about going into the Foreign Service, believe it or not. Really? Yes. To working for the CIA. Um, as odd as that sounds, it's always sounded, it seemed really intriguing. And, um, and it was actually a thought for a while there. And before that, I actually wanted to be a forest ranger. So... <laughs> I, would, I would never guess this. I would never guess this. And my dad literally said, I will not pay for college if you're going to become a forest ranger. It's a waste of time and money. Um, so pick something more productive. And huh. here I am today, more productive, apparently. <laughs> that is funny. So, all right. I got, before you ask me, I, want, I got another question. All right. In retirement, let's say you had you decided not to work at all, you know, and I realize you'll probably always be working, <laughs> but let's pretend you were not working at all. What would you do to occupy your time? What passion or hobby would you pursue? Again, a great question. Um, and, you know, I think about it. I think we all think about what we want to do when we're retired, um, especially uh, in the middle of a busy day. And we're thinking, gosh, if only I wasn't here, I could be doing X, Y, or Z. And, and I have to say, it changed. it's been changing over the years. Um, so by the time I actually get there, I'm sure it will look entirely different. Um, but I love gardening. Yeah. Um, I, I was keeping bees for a while, and I haven't had time to do that because it's something you, you need to do in the middle of the day. Um, and I think I, will, I would definitely be traveling more. Yeah. There are so many places uh, that I still want to see. Um, years and years ago, my son came home with a National Geographic, and it was something like the 100, 100 places you have to see before you die. 
And at that time, we said, oh, my God, if we do two of these a year, it's still going to take 50 years to see them all. Like Like a a bucket list. Yeah, that's great. And I thought, holy heck, I'm already in my 50s. I'll be 100 before I get through this list. Um, So I think think I'd start start knocking out some of those. That's great. No, that's great. Yeah. How about you? All right. So first question, could not do anything in finance, setting the clock back. You're going to, you'll, you'll never guess. My brother, Tom, he would know because we, we laugh about it, but. Well, I do know you are a bartender at the Red Onion. Yeah, I was, (laughs) I was, but you know, I wouldn't want to make drinks for the rest of my (laughs) life. Um, So are you ready? Yeah. Let's hear it. Tugboat captain. You could be the tugboat captain, and I would be the the forest ranger. Yeah, yeah. I I love I love love docking a boat in a challenging situation, and I just think it's technical by nature, which I love that type of stuff. Um, I would guess maybe race car driver. Oh, of course, but I'm you know, but I'm trying to think of something that you You know would be somewhat realistic. But yeah, I would like I'd love to do that. Um, and what about retirement? I mean, here we talk about what we want to do, and we'll probably end up babysitting our grandkids. Well, <laughs> it's, it, it's interesting. I mean, one of my I love hiking and walking and so forth. So that's always been a passion. And so I always think about calling in me in retirement, spending a lot of time hiking. And looking back at raising kids, one of my favorite things was walking them to school. Mm-hmm. And so I would like to walk grandkids to school. So. That'd be, that'd be really important. Well, that will necessitate them having houses in your neighborhood, wouldn't it? No, unless I've got, <laughs> I got three boys. If they scatter the country, then maybe we'll have three small condos across the country. And, you know, make, I know calling. Make, make the rounds one week here. One yeah, week I mean, yeah, yeah. Depending <laughs> on the distance, it might be six weeks here or six weeks. I don't know. I mean, I just, I'm just throwing it out there. I know that yeah. Colleen would love to hold grandbabies and I'd like to walk them to school. So sounds like a plan. Yeah. I suspect my travels will be curbed by, by grandkids too. Yeah. So that's right. Thanks again, John. We hope today's episode gave you some simple ideas or stories to encourage your financial success. Click the link in the show notes to connect with John. And as always like, and subscribe. 